your Bibles with me and turn to Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 10, Luke chapter 10, praise God, love found a way. That way, by the way, is very plain in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. What did that love do? The Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. God came in the flesh. 33 and a half years lived and walked this earth. God with us, Emmanuel. Sinless, perfect, holy. Untainted by the darkness of this world. And yet, he went to the cross of Calvary for you. He was beaten for you. He was mocked for you. He was whipped for you. He was nailed to a cross and hung between heaven and hell there with those that were guilty. He who was not guilty became guilty for you. He bore your sin and mine. Why? That was the way that love found. When Jesus died on that cross, was buried, and yet rose again three days later. And I praise God for the love of God. The love that offers eternal life and salvation, forgiveness of sin, a home in heaven by His love. How, how powerful. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, we're talking about uh, focusing on victory in Jesus and how awesome that we are victorious. We, we don't have to walk around discouraged and depressed and, and worried all the time as believers. By the way, difficult times will come. Problems come. But I'm victorious. Imagine, if you will, uh, some, how many of you like basketball? Many of you are basketball fans. Uh, Brother Bonnie, what's your favorite basketball team? What's your favorite basketball team? The Ra- oh. Man, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. He got converted this morning. And uh, Brother Bonnie, if he really did like the Raptors, he doesn't. But if he did, and uh, he, he, he watched the game and he knew the Raptors won. They win a game every three or four years. But if, if they won a game and, and he recorded that game and he was with Brother Eric. And Brother Eric's favorite team is the Gold, Golden State. Yes. Is that right? And maybe they're playing Golden State. God forgive you. And, and they're watching the game. And, and Brother Bonnie had the game recorded. And Brother Bonnie knows the end of the game. He knows that the Raptors win. But he knows that midway through the game, it looks like Golden State's going to win. They're watching the game together, the recorded game. Uh, Brother Eric, he's all excited. Brother Bonnie, he's not worried. Why? He knows who's going to win. Christian, I don't have to worry. I've read the last chapter. I know how it ends. Uh, I, I know that I have victory in Jesus Christ. And this morning I want to talk to you about, I want us to think about how we can have victory in an area of life that many of us struggle in. You know why? Because we live in this body of flesh. We're going to talk this morning about victory over stress. How many of you know what stress is? As you're turning your Bible there to Luke chapter 10, uh, I, I share a true story with you. I was in a Bible college course. It was a missions class. And Brother Doug Calap, he's in heaven now. Brother Calap, he looked kind of like a bulldog. If you ever saw him, he was like the human personification of a bulldog. He had no neck. Uh, short, stocky guy uh, for many years with the Wings as Eagles ministry. And 
Uh, Brother Calap was responsible for kicking wide open a door of the gospel going into China. And just miraculous what God used him to do and uh, the ministry that he was involved in there. And he's been in heaven now for many years. But Brother Calap was teaching the class. I don't remember what the class was about. I'll be honest with you. But I remember one class, and I remember him talking about stress. And I remember there was a guy in our class. He was an older guy. I was in my 20s. This guy was in his, about my age now. He was in his 40s, late 40s, maybe early 50s. And he had been in the military and, and got out of the military. And, and as he's talked about stress, this guy raised his hand, and he asked a legitimate question. He said, what's stress? And we all looked at this guy and went, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and we thought he was trying to be cute or funny. And this guy had no clue what stress was. Like, it just didn't make sense to him. He didn't understand it. Now, now maybe there's somebody here like that today, but I doubt it. Most of us know what it is to battle with stress. We know what it is to often lose that battle. And we're going to look here in Luke. Look with me if chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, but I, if I do, well, that's, that's not the right verse. Give me a second. That's John. That's a good verse. Well, let's get, to, let's get to Luke. That's probably a better plan. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, it came to pass as they went, they entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But... Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. In other words, you've got a lot of stress. Verse 42, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Let's pray together. Lord, we freely confess this morning that we often struggle and we live as though we are losers to this thing called stress. Lord, I pray that we would see the victory that we have in Christ this morning. May we walk in that victory. May we enjoy it. May we rejoice in it. And Lord, help us to receive the teaching of your word as we look in this passage. And Lord, I'm so glad that I can sing that song, Victory in Jesus, knowing that I have that victory now, that I have it in the future. There's never a time when there's a question about it. Lord, we know that, but God, would you help us to live that way? Help us to live like we believe it. Help me, Lord. Lord, I need your help to teach and preach and write your word this morning. Lord, would you speak to me? Help me. In your precious name we pray. Amen. As I mentioned, all of us have a familiarity with stress. We, we, we know what it is uh, to deal with stress. Uh, by the way, it's not a modern phenomenon. It's not a modern phenomenon brought on by uh, the Internet and uh, online. No. Martha had stress. She was struggling. Uh, she knew how to prepare a meal. She had a home. 
I'm sure she kept her home well. She knew how to treat guests. She had all of that. And yet, she was stressed. It was, she wanted to accomplish so many things that she realized that she couldn't keep all the balls in the air at the same time. Now, I can't juggle. I'm not a juggler. Uh, I, my dad can juggle a little bit. And my dad was an elementary PE teacher. And as part of his PE physical education curriculum to elementary age kids, he would take scarves and start them and teach them how to juggle. And then they would go to balls and teaching them hand-eye coordination. Uh, I can juggle one ball. That's about it. And sometimes <laughs> I drop that one. And sometimes in life, it feels like, Man, we can only keep one ball in the air. And we get stressed because what do I do? How do I deal with so many things? And we see that the problem here was taken to the extreme. That Martha wanted to accomplish things that she couldn't accomplish. She lost because of that the fellowship with the Lord in busyness, in the busyness of stress. And she had what many theologians and Bible teachers over the years have called Martha Syndrome. And I'm afraid all of us have a touch of it. Some of us have a full-blown case. Uh, some of us need some serious healing. Uh, some of us are contagious. Uh, we have that case of Martha Syndrome. Stress can get the best of us. But we can have victory. And this morning, I want to look at a few things here in this passage that can remind us how we can have victory over the stress of life. Not be a victim, but be a victor. We need to stop being victims. Yes. And we need to stand up as the victors that we are in Christ uh, and live in peace, peace, rather than living under pressure. Rather than living under pressure. I want to see some things here about this victory over stress. Uh, number one, I want to talk about the pace of Mary. Now, we have two ladies here, Mary and Martha. The Bible calls it Martha's house. Uh, they live together. Uh, I believe all three of them, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, probably live together. But it's unique that the Bible calls it Martha's house. I, I wonder if it's because Martha just focus so much on the things of the home that everybody said, well, that's Martha's house. But also in that home was her sister Mary. Not Mary, the mother of Christ, not Mary Magdalene, but Mary, the sister of Martha, Mary, the sister of Lazarus, Lazarus, whom Jesus would raise from the dead. And we see the pace of Mary. Josh has been doing some running. He's... Uh, uh, applying to be an Edmonton police officer. And uh, you have to be able to run and, and chase down a donut. That's what I've heard, to be a police officer. So he, he, he's trying to see if he's as fast as a donut. And uh, no, I, they, they, have, they have actually you know, pretty, pretty strict physical fitness guidelines. You have to be able to chase two donuts. And he's trying to see how, check his pace. And at some point soon, he's going to go and run with some recruits and of the trainers and find out what kind of pace he needs to have. I want to talk about the pace of Mary here in this passage. Uh, Mary's life didn't move at the same pace as Martha's. 
It wasn't the same pace. Despite the fact that guests were present, she wasn't rushing about. She wasn't stressing. She wasn't wrapped up in things. Instead, she was listening. She was learning. It was a restful pace. A restful pace. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. She took time to rest in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, can I tell you one of the keys to having victory over stress is finding a restful place in fellowship with the Lord in His Word. When you take time to find that place of rest and allow your pace to stop to the place that God wants you to fellowship with Him, what a great victory we can have. A victory over the stress of life. You know, we need that still, quiet time. Elijah was expecting God to do some great earth-shaking thing. And God had the fire and the earthquake and all the things passed before. But it said, Elijah said, but God was not in all those things. Finally, there was a still, small voice. And God was in the still, small voice. Christian, if we're going to have rest, if we're going to find that restful pace, we have to find it in the still voice of our Lord. We have to find that place of rest. Number two, it was a renewed a renewing place, pace. Every one of you, sometime this week, maybe once a day, maybe a couple times a day, maybe if your phone is as old as Methuselah, maybe 17 times a day, maybe you carry right now, you got a battery backup. Probably someone in here has a battery backup plugged up to your phone trying to charge it right now. For me, when I go to bed at night, I lay my phone on the charger. That's the place where it charges. When I wake up in the morning, I get up, I pick it up. Now, I could probably go a couple of days. But if I went more than two days, this would be a wonderful brick, a wonderful bookmarker, a wonderful weapon to throw at people that came after me. But it wouldn't be a phone because it has to be charged. But I lay it in that place. It is a renewing place. It is a charging place. Christian? You and I need a renewing place. We need a place to renew. To renew. God teaches us in His Word the necessity of having that place of renewal. To renew your focus. To renew your focus. Christian stress will cause you to lose your focus. It will cause you to lose your focus. To renew that focus. That place at Jesus' feet was a place where Mary got her focus and Martha lost it because she wasn't there. Stress can distract you from what matters most. All the things that cry out for your attention keep you from often that one thing that really and truly matters. It is a renewing place of renewing focus. Renewing faith. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Often our response to the attack of stress is to try to solve it. Uh, how do I deal with stress? Oh, I got I got more to do, so I got to get up earlier. I got to stay up later. Uh, and I say that this morning. I'm very guilty. I, I gotta, I've got to get this done. So I, you push and you push and you push and you push. But can I tell you, if you push and you never come to that place of renewing with the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to fail. You're going to crash and burn. You're not going to make it. Mary had that place of renewal, renewing her faith. Someone once said, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is. What matters is where the pressure lies, whether it comes between me and God, or whether it presses me nearer to his heart. Christian, you can be under the stress of many things, and if that stress drives you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have victory. You can have victory. How is it that there are many that you know that are walking through situations and difficulties and you say, I don't know how they handle it. How do they keep from breaking? You know what the secret is? It's not them. It's that recharging, that renewing, that newness of the Lord. That renewing place. Not only that, uh, renewing the faith, but also uh, it was a place of renewing fervency. Renewing fervency. Christians, so often we, we get excited about serving the Lord. We get excited about maybe reading our Bible. We get excited about uh, serving in some capacity. And we're all excited and eventually we run out of gas. And we slow down, and we barely go, and we lose, we lose the understanding of the importance. We lose the urgency. We lose the fervency. But when we stop, and we let the Lord renew us, we let him charge us and remind us of that fervency, Psalm 63, 1, O God, thou art my God. I will seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. But what a description of a stressed life. I gotta, I gotta have something. I feel like I'm gonna die. I'm not gonna survive. I gotta have something. That is stress. But in that place of renewal, that renewing place. We find the renewal of fervency. When we sit at the feet of Jesus, when we drink from his word, he told the woman at the well, if you knew who I was, you'd ask of me living water, and you'd never thirst again. He said, when you drink of mine, and what I give you, you'll be satisfied. Number two, we talked about the pace, the speed of Mary's life. Number two, we see the place. Notice, if you will, here, as we look in this passage, we find that Martha was busy and she's going about serving. 
But we find the place of Mary. The place where Mary was, was wherever Jesus was. She was right at Jesus' feet. The posture of the disciples and learners in the New Testament. They didn't always gather and have chairs like we have. The pattern was that the learners of the rabbi, the rabbi would sit down and the learners, the disciples, would sit at his feet. It was close proximity. It was a picture of them bowing themselves, if you will, to receive the lesson they were going to have. And we, saw, we find Mary is not running around, but rather she's there. She's seated in that place by Jesus that she could learn of him. It was, first of all, a humble place. A humble place. Christian, don't ever get so big in your own eyes that you don't humble yourself before God. King Saul, the man head and shoulders above all the nation of Israel, whenever he found out that the nation was wanting him to be king, he didn't go up and say, Hey, here I am. You should make me king. No. When he found out they were looking for him, he hid himself. They found that they forced upon him kingship. The Bible says he was little in his own sight. God blessed him. He was humble before his God. I believe every day Saul got up and said, God, I, I can't do this. I, you're, you're my king. I, I can't be the king. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to, what a king's supposed to do. But God, I need your help. God, I have to have your help. And God blessed him. There came a day when Saul got up and said, Hey, God, I think I got this. God, I don't need you anymore. If I need you, I'll call you, but I'm fine. Leave me alone, God. I, I kind of got the control of this thing. A lot of us get where Saul was. We forget who we are. And we lift ourselves up and we fail. Mary's place was a humble place. Christian, all of us struggle with humbling ourselves before God. Mary found a place that was a humble place. Nothing about sitting at the feet of Jesus gains us praise. <coughs> the Bible speaks about praying, enter into thy closet. Every aspect of service and relationship with the Lord is not about lifting ourselves up. It's about humility. That humble place was more than humble, it was an honorable place. An honorable place. The Bible says when Stephen, the man full of the Holy Ghost, Stephen, the, the servant in the local church in Jerusalem, Stephen, the man that the church sought out to be a man to serve and help the widows and, and to meet the physical needs of the church. Stephen, when he preached, not a pastor, just a layman that loved people and wanted to serve and he shared his testimony and as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the world came in and the world 
killed him. And just before he died, he looked up. And God opened up heaven. And he records that he saw the heavens opened. And he saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. In the Bible, when you see the word right hand, it's speaking of power. When I was a young guy, before I separated my shoulder and broke my body and became old and fat and lazy, uh, I, I used to be a pretty good arm wrestler. Uh, I think those days are behind me. And I'm right-handed. And many times I'd arm wrestle guys that were left-handed, and they want to arm wrestle me, and then they want to arm wrestle me left-handed. And Brother Mott, I was always a little afraid. I knew I could beat them right-handed, but my left hand, I don't have quite the strength. And I'd, praise God, every time I, I did, I, I won left-handed as well. But I, I was always worried because that wasn't my strength. My right hand was my strength until I lost my shoulder. But God speaks of the right hand. Not only does it speak of strength, Jesus standing on the right hand of God, but also it's a place of honor, an honorable place. Mary sitting at Jesus' feet was humble, but can I tell you just as Jesus standing on the right hand of God? Christian, what a wonderful thing it is to have the honor of being close to Jesus Christ. That honorable place of being close gives us victory. Victory over the stresses of life. The greatest honor at life is to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. Oh, but how about being lifted up? No, 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 no. The honor is to be close to Jesus. That's the honor. I heard a story. Some of you have probably, probably seen it written. I, I assume it's a true story about a church that was hoping to reach into a, I believe it was a university that was across the street from the church. And, and this was a very fancy uh, kind of city church. And, and everybody dressed pretty fancy. The building was fancy. Everything about it was kind of high society. And they were trying to reach out to reach the, the college students just across the way from the church. Supposedly the story that I read happened several years ago. There was a guy who was a college student who had gotten an invitation to come to the church. and He came in. and I believe this was during the 1970s, early 1970s. And uh, he was a hippie. And those of you who don't know what hippies are, look at my hair and imagine it just the opposite. <laughs> and he had long hair, no shoes. And uh, he, uh, uh, typical uh, hippie attire and from that culture and lifestyle. And when he walked in the doors of the back of that building, there was a stark contrast between him and everybody else in the building. And many people looked around and thought, oh, my goodness, what is he doing here? And as he came in, the building was full, very much like we are and. He didn't find a seat, so he came in and he walked almost to the front and he sat down on the floor, just cross-legged on the floor in this fancy church. 
And the story I read said that one of the deacons in the church looked over and saw him. And he rose from his seat where he was, and everyone in the auditorium thought, it's a shame he has to do this, but we understand he needs to remove him. And the whole church went silent as they watched this old stately gentleman slowly work his way across the auditorium in this large, almost cathedral of a building. As everyone there thought, I'm glad he's going to do what we want to do. He's going to tell him he has to leave. He can't sit on the floor. You got to, you know, you leave the building. That was the expectation. As everyone watched in hushed stillness, as that older stately gentleman, elder in the church, walked, and he sat down on the floor beside of that young man and put his arm around him. The pastor got up not long after, and the pastor said these words, you may never remember the words of the message I will preach today. But you will never forget the message you just saw right here. Amen. Dear friend, can I tell you the most honorable place that we can be is sitting close to Jesus Christ. Amen. And how wonderful we can be close to him. We see the place of Mary. Lastly, this morning, I want us to think about, and as we think of Mary, I want you to realize that we need to see what we ought to be. We see her pace. We see the speed of her life. And we see as well her place. But number three this morning, lastly, I want us to think about the purpose. The purpose of Mary. If you had gone in that place, that home, the home where Jesus many times would go in fellowship, I would love to have been there in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I think it was the place Jesus went many times. I, I think Jesus was intimately close with them and had a phenomenal relationship. And I think they loved the Lord and Martha loved the Lord as well. But that day, had you gone to the home and interviewed everyone in the home, had you gone to Martha and said, Martha, what's your purpose today? She said, oh, I'm busy. Leave me alone. Hey, it, it, just help me, Okay. I got to get this food ready. We got, I'll clean up right there. When Jesus is here, we got to get the food on the table. We got to have everything prepped. We got people coming in. My purpose is to meet everybody's need. That was her purpose. That was the most important thing in her life. What was Mary's purpose? Christian, what's your purpose? What's my purpose? Why was Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus? Her goal was not to look good to others. Some of us, our purpose in life is to make sure we impress people. By the way, it's, it's a deadly disease. It's a deadly disease. It will affect every aspect of your life. You begin to weigh every option. What do people think of me? What do they think of my car? As you can tell, I don't care. Uh, what, what do they think about my house? What do, they, what do they think about my children? What do they think about what I do? What do they think about the, what I say? The way? We get so concerned. What are people? Now, we should be concerned about our testimony. But your testimony and then what people think about you are two different things. 
we need to realize Mary wasn't concerned what people thought of her. She wasn't concerned, I wonder what my sister's going to say. If she was, she, she knew what Martha was going to say. Hey, those of you that have brothers or sisters, you, you know what they're thinking. You know how they're going to respond to you. You know it. You grew up with them. She was concerned about that. She wasn't seeking attention. She wasn't seeking a trophy or an award. By the way, as, as a bit of an aside, time out, I'll step from behind the pulpit. Just for you, you married couples, husbands, there is a new award this year for the most romantic husband in the world. Uh, we got a new exciting plan for that. I'll get back to preaching now. But there's no awards for prayer. There's no awards for spending time with Jesus. She wasn't concerned about that. What an honor to enter into the presence of the ruler of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. And I can be in his presence. That was her purpose. The greatest honor in life is to set at the feet of Jesus. She wasn't trying to measure up to somebody else's standard. By the way, Christian, one of the struggles you have and one of the reasons that you don't know the victory in Jesus Christ is because you are trying to measure up to somebody else's expectation. Not God's. We see Mary wasn't concerned about that. I believe there are two primary reasons, and we'll close with these two thoughts this morning. And I believe they'll help us in this matter of victory. Two primary reasons that she was sitting at Jesus' feet. First of all, it was a spiritual purpose. Christian, would you pause for just a moment and think about what is your purpose? Ultimately, what's your purpose? It first of all needs to be a spiritual purpose. A spiritual purpose. By the way, if you think of the purpose of your life and it is not a spiritual purpose, you've got things out of order. Things aren't in the right order. She was sitting at Jesus' feet to hear the word of God. She, she wasn't interested in the standards or expectations of her sister. She, she wasn't interested in the standards or expectations of those around her. She was concerned about Jesus. She was focused on her relationship with Christ and that closeness of relationship. By the way, anything that drives us away from a close relationship in Jesus Christ is the wrong thing. It's the wrong thing. Serving's a good thing. And I, I preached last Sunday on serving. I preached about us laboring together. I, I preached about us building as God wants us to do. I believe God's called us to do that. When God made man, God didn't say to Adam, Okay, Adam, there's your recliner. Uh, here's your TV so you can watch the game. Uh, here's your refrigerator so you can have your, uh, your Coca-Cola. By the way, if you see a picture of me with a Pepsi, it's probably Photoshopped. Uh, he, he, you know, here's your coffee machine. I'm sure he had a coffee machine. Just relax. Enjoy yourself, Adam. Uh, enjoy creation. Just sit back. Watch the sunrise. Watch the sunset. Do nothing. Some of you think that's what Eden was all about. The Bible says he made man and placed him in a garden to dress it and to keep it. God made man 
And God had a job for man. We, we ought to be serving. God didn't make you to sit on your blessed assurance. Some of us have getting bigger blessed assurances all the time uh, because we've been sitting on them too much. Uh, God made us to serve. But Christian, our purpose is to be a spiritual purpose. Our purpose is not to be, what can I do? It's how can I spend time with him? Serving is a good thing. Jesus said, hey, that's a good thing, Martha. But one thing is needful. It's not that we do away with serving. It's not that we do away with laboring. It's that we do not leave out the most important ingredient. One thing is needful. To come to the feet of Jesus. Hear his word. To get to the place where we're so busy, even in ministry, that we get away from this book, you're completely out of the will of God. God's more concerned about your relationship. Mary's purpose was a spiritual purpose. She kept that relationship. You know, we, we need to have a passion for the relationship with God. Praise God for the tools that we've helped create to, to help us to have a better relationship with His Word. I hope you're using them or some tool, whatever it takes to get you close to the Word of God. We need to... Need to Make sure that we, like Job, say, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How many of you forgot to eat yesterday? Anybody? You for, just forgot. <laughs> I've done it once. Believe it or not, even Pastor Rice, I, I've done it. Uh, you can ask Rebecca. Rebecca's working this morning, but uh, she's been with me when I've been working before. I get busy. Sometimes I'll forget to eat. I love to eat. I love food. I think food is a wonderful thing. I, I like to ha I'm going to have it here in about 20 minutes. I'm going to eat. But sometimes we forget to eat, but not very often. I mean, you've got to be really busy to just totally forget. I've gone to bed at night before. It's happened. I'm like, I said to my wife, I don't think I ate anything today. But that's a rare thing. If I did it more often, I'd have less blessed assurance. I, I, it doesn't happen often. Christian, I wonder how ashamed we'd be if we had to confess how many times we've forgotten to pray. How many times we've said, oh, man, I didn't read the Bible today. The worst is we never even say, oh, I forgot to read the Bible. It just becomes normal. Mary had a spiritual purpose. She had a spiritual purpose. By the way, some of you heard, and for those that didn't hear yet, those of you praying for me, I had a a uh, bit of a cancer scare. I wasn't scared, but I think my family was. Uh, but I'm good. Everything's fine. But if they had said, Mr. Rice, you have cancer. We've got to do some treatments. You have to come in for this. Whatever day of the treatment was, I'd, I'd show up, Brother Maude. I don't like doctors, but I'd go, to the, I'd go to the treatment if I needed it. We, ought to ha we have an appointment with God every day. More important than an oncologist visit for a cancer patient. And we need to keep it with him. Spiritual purpose. Not only was her purpose spiritual, but it was eternal. I love what it says in verse 42. Would you look there with me as we close? But one thing is needful, Jesus said. And Mary had chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from 
Mary was in a place gaining that which she could never lose. Martha's over there working and she's busy and she's so focused and she's making a meal. You know the Bible doesn't record what the meal was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't bacon. Uh, the Bible doesn't, you'll get that joke later. Uh, the Bible doesn't record, it wasn't lechon, I promise you that. The <coughs> Bible doesn't say. Didn't matter. Because it went out in the drought the next day. It wasn't eternal. The Bible doesn't say what kind of decoration she had in her home. The Bible doesn't say what the furniture looked like or what color the walls were or how clean the house was. Now, those are all the things Martha was concerned about. And nobody knows about them. Why? Because they weren't eternal. But Mary, she had an eternal purpose. Jesus said, nobody's going to take away from Mary what she's getting. She's getting that which will last forever. All of us know about Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. It was an eternal purpose. Focusing on the things of eternal importance. <coughs> Helps remove the stress of daily living. Every one of us struggle. And we've all had times where, man, everything goes wrong. The stresses of life are pushing down on us. And, man, it seems like nothing is going right. Just step back. This really isn't what, what's important. Oh, maybe something you have to do. You don't let the things of life go. Fulfill your responsibilities and your duties. The Bible says to not provide for your own is worse than an infidel. But realize in, with the stresses of life that come, that's not the eternal matter. Let it go and say, you know what? It's okay. This day, everything's going wrong. My car won't start. This is broken. Uh... My meetings all went wrong, but that's not what matters for eternity. My purpose is spiritual. My purpose is eternal. That's where Mary was. There's always going to be things competing for your attention. Always. But there's one thing that's needful. Christian, you can have victory in Jesus Christ over stress, but it's going to involve you slowing your pace Stopping. It's going to involve you going to a place that is close to Jesus Christ. And it's going to involve you finding a purpose that is bigger than your stress. Bigger than your problems. By the way, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you the stresses of life that are weighing down on you, the stresses of the, stresses of the future? Maybe say, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not ready to die. I, I don't know about this matter of heaven and hell. I'm not sure what's after this life. I, I'm worried about this or that and all the cares of life. Can I tell you, you can have a stress-free life, not wondering what the future holds, but coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. The man who was the prison guard said to Paul, what do I do? What must I do to be saved? Safe from the wrath to come. Safe from the stress of worry. Safe from all the things that I don't know about. And Paul said, believe.
you can believe on the one whom Mary set at his feet, you can receive the great gift of eternal life. Christian, may we choose the right purpose. Let's pray together. Lord, help us. Lord, as we battle this matter of stress, Lord, and all of us, all of us struggle. All of us deal with the same enemy that Martha dealt with. Lord, we see Martha loving the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, she was not serving because she did not love him. She was serving because she loved. Lord, so often we misdirect our love. So often we miss the most important thing. And Lord, one of the reasons we lack victory is because we're skipping that which is most important. God, help us to slow down the pace of our life. Help us to realize that place that we need to be the closest with your word and prayer. And Lord, would you help us to realign and reset our purpose this morning? God, help us to stop living to impress people. God, help us to stop waking up in the morning so we can show off to our friends or our neighbors. God, help us to stop trying to impress you with how righteous and how holy we are and how much better we are than someone else. And God, help us just to get close with you. Lord, it's amazing how much you change our life and how much more we look like you when we get close in your word and prayer. God, help us to do so. Bless us now, Lord. I pray you be with us during this time of invitation. Lord, I pray you be honored with decisions that need to be made this morning. Maybe somebody needs to come and trust you as their Savior. Maybe someone's struggling with this matter of stress and it feels as if their world is falling apart around them. Lord, I pray this morning that they would pause and take time to come and kneel at this altar and spend a few moments with you as they ask you for that victory you have for them. Lord, would you bless every decision. May your will be done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you